Welcome to the Hope City Church Podcast. We're so excited for you to listen along and hear this week's message. We pray it inspires and motivates and draws you closer to Jesus. Let's take a listen. Oh, good morning, everybody. How are you? <laughs> oh, praise Jesus. You're alive. I thought for a minute I was in the wrong place. Um, hey, couple, couple things, couple things before we get going into the message this morning. First of all, wasn't the weather this, this weekend amazing? Good Lord. It was like 27 in Chilliwack. I was like, praise Jesus. The rain has stopped for a moment of time at least, and we had some sunshine. There is hope. I was talking to my neighbor outside, and um, he was like, the, the rain and like the clouds really bother him. Does it really bother anybody else? Yeah, it doesn't bother me. It really, like, Jen doesn't like it, but it doesn't bother me so much. The rain, the clouds, the gloominess. But our neighbor was like, he was outside, like, they were like lizards, like, soaking up the sun. Like, we live, we live against this mountain, and so literally, like, the back of all of our houses are in the shade for the most part, but literally across our driveway is sunshine, and so my neighbor was talking about how he just couldn't stand the, the gloominess. And so they took their chairs and they're literally just sitting like across the street in the sun, soaking it up. And he was so happy. And I was so happy for him that we had some sunshine and some warm weather. So that has nothing to do with anything, but I just want to tell you about the, the warm weather. Just making sure you're all alive and listening somewhat this morning. Um, you see, you probably noticed like a lot of worship happening up in this section and you were like, what's happening? It's, it's extra worshipy over here this morning. Did you, did you notice that? <laughs> um, uh, Pastor Jen, I don't know. You know, some of you may not know this or not. Pastor Jen, like, mm, how many years ago now? <laughs> so you do know. It's eight years. <laughs> eight years ago, Pastor Jen started a Facebook group for worship leaders that has just grown and grown and grown. And now there's like over 50,000 worship leaders from over 100 countries around the world. And so this weekend she decided, well, she didn't decide this weekend. She decided beforehand um, to have just a small uh, gathering of like, it was like only a certain number could come of worship leaders up at our house. And so we, she had this worship retreat with her and Vanessa is a pastor from Edmonton. Um, and so... The two of them, like, they sang, they worshiped, they prophesied, and the rest of these ladies here, this, this lady is from Wichita, this lady is from Manitoba, this lady is from Ontario, another Ontario person, like, okay. read the room, ladies, <laughs> you're on the West Coast, <laughs> so Ontario, uh, Oliver, and then we had some Chilliwack ladies with us, and so it was a good time, they got together, and, um, they just worshiped and talked about Jesus, and it was great. Do you want to say anything about it? Okay. It's fine. We have like three hours, guys. Don't worry. Like, we've got all day. You can cancel. This, this guy's like, what? How long are we here for? I just saw it in his eyes. <laughs> uh, no, don't worry, bro. We're not going to be here three hours. Um, it was great. Yeah, unless the Lord does something, and we'll be here as long as he said so. Uh, so it was great. So it was great. It was great having them all here. It was good to meet them all, and they had a great time, I think. It was a good time, yeah. Um, and then I want to tell you real quickly, real quickly, real quickly, 
this Wednesday is supposed to be First Wednesday. Who's been coming out to First Wednesdays with us? Um, we take the first Wednesday from 7 to 8 p.m., and we give it to the Lord and worship. We take communion together and just spend some time in his presence. It's kind of like we're taking this first Wednesday and just giving it to God. Uh, this week, um, me and Pastor Jen are out of town. We got a conference to go to, so we'll be gone. That doesn't mean we're just canceling first Wednesday because we're not. We're just moving first Wednesday to second Wednesday just for this month. So it's not going to be this Wednesday. It's going to be next Wednesday. Everybody say next Wednesday. Don't get confused. It'll be all over social media. Next Wednesday we'll have it. I think the date is the 10th. It's the day before Josiah's 21st birthday. In in case, that'll help you remember. It's it's the day before Josiah's birthday. It's going to be a great time. Come out and worship the Lord with us. Okay? Are you ready to look into the Word of God together? And hear what the Lord has to continue to say to us. Let's pray for a moment and then let's jump into the Word of God and see what he's got to say. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for what you've already said to us, what you've already spoken to us. And God, I just ask right now, first and foremost, that you direct my words, my thoughts, that I communicate exactly what you want spoken today. And Father, I ask that you are opening our hearts, our ears, and our eyes to receive your truth and your life. Father, that as we look into your word today, that we are changed forever, so that as we leave this place, we are molded and shaped more into your image. In the mighty name of Jesus, we all said... Amen, amen, amen. So we are in our series. This is the third week of our series called People. You got to love them. You got to love them. Guys, you got to love them. At the end of the day, you've got to love people. You don't really have a choice. Uh, I mean, that's the, that's the real, that's it for the whole series. People in your life, you got to love them. So you don't have a choice. Just figure it out. That's what we're trying to do. We're talking about how you figure out how to love those people that aren't necessarily lovely. Do you have any people in your life that aren't lovely people? <laughs> Every, everybody, everybody's awesome. Everybody's awesome. Well, except for pastors. I mean, there's people, in, there's people in all of our lives we don't love. No, no. <laughs> no, no, you are absolutely awesome to me. No, yeah, I'm going to get a chair, I'm going to sit down, it's confessional time. Uh, Go in your Bibles with me to the book of Matthew, and this is what we're going to look at today. Uh, Last week, we talked about marriages a little bit, and me and Pastor Jen did not get anywhere near into our our message on marriage that we wanted to, and so we're going to pick it up in a couple weeks. Next Sunday, Pastor Adrian is going to speak. The following Sunday after that is Mother's Day, and then the week after that, I think we will sit back down together and talk some more about marriage and what that looks like. But we talked about marriage last week. The week before, we talked about parenting, about raising good godly kids, and about just, you know, loving your kids. Because sometimes, can't kids be hard to love? Not my kids. My kids are so easy to love. It's your kids we're talking about. (laughs) That's not true. Um, We're talking about people, and people people can be hard. And what we're going to talk about today is probably the one of the most important aspects of how you love other people. And if you don't understand what we're going to talk about today, then you won't be able to love your spouse well, you won't be able to love your kids well, and you won't be able to love other people well. So I told you all last Sunday as we were speaking that, that the Lord put this message on my heart 
last Saturday already. I said, you need to be here next Sunday. I do believe that God is wanting to do something this morning. I do believe that the Spirit of God is wanting to set people free and break off lies from the enemy. Um, you can't help but go through life and encounter people, Right? It's a given. Like, you're going to find people wherever you go. No matter how hard you try and be a hermit, at some point, you will encounter people. And most of us have gotten to the place in life where we're at, where at some point in that journey, somebody has said something, done something, or hurt you in such a way that it has formed part of who you are. Do you know what I'm talking about? You know, like, grade school can be hard, can't it? Some of you are like, grade school? What's grade school? You know, when you grow up and you go to school, kids can be mean, can't they? Is there anybody here that can still remember some of the things that mean kids said to them at school? Some names they called you, some things about you they pointed out and made you feel bad about, and maybe you still carry them around with you to this day. Maybe they don't affect you the same way as they did in grade 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, but you still remember those things, and at times they still show up. You know what I'm talking about? I want to tell you today that the Lord doesn't want you carrying those things around. John 10, 10 we talk about this verse all the time, and it's very simple. But it says, the thief comes to steal and to kill and destroy, but Jesus came to bring life and life more abundantly. And so people, the Lord will, or the enemy will use people in your life to try and hurt you. To try and bring lies to you that you accept and make part of who you are. And God is wanting to set some of us free today from the lies that the enemy brought to us and that we accepted in and made part of who we are and have formed part of the very life we live. And I want to tell you today that you don't have to live that life any longer. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And so no matter what Timmy in grade six said to you on the playground, no matter how bad it hurts you, I want to tell you that it's not true. And it doesn't have to form your identity. And it doesn't have to affect who you are today. And it doesn't have to affect how you love other people. And that's what we're going to talk about. Matthew chapter, I'm not even in Matthew, good Lord. Go to the book of Matthew with me. And we're going to go, you, oh, you already are there? Well, praise Jesus, you all are wonderful. Matthew chapter 22 is where we're going to start. And we're jumping in midway of a conversation that Jesus is having. And verses 23 to 33, some Sadducees came to Jesus, and they were trying to trick him with a question. They were always testing Jesus, trying to find loopholes, trying to find ways they could get him into trouble. And he answers these Sadducees and kind of sets them straight. Verse 34, when the Pharisees see that Jesus bested the Sadducees, and they didn't trick them the way that they were hoping to. The Pharisees come, and they ask Jesus a question, and they ask him, in verse 36, it says, what's the most important commandment in the Bible? It's what they're asking him. And verse 37 is where we're going to pick up, and this is going to be like the real crux of what we're looking at today. Jesus replies, and he says, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, in all your mind, all, everybody say all. all. It's not half-hearted, okay? 
It's not, it's not Sunday Jesus love. It's all with everything that you have, all of your mind, all of your soul, all of your strength. It's not I'm a Christian when I go to church and I am somebody else when I'm at my job or when I'm at my school. It is all the time. It is who you are. I love the Lord all the time. (laughs) You guys look like, for real? Love the Lord all the time? He says, The greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. Everything you have, every ounce of who you are, love the Lord. And then he goes on and says, the second is just like it. He said, a second is equally important. Love, everybody say love. Love. Your neighbor, say neighbor, as yourself. Say yourself. The entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. Love your neighbor as yourself. Here's the crux of the message today, okay? Jesus is talking, and he says, you got to love God with all that you got. Every ounce of you, every part of you, love God with all that. The second most greatest commandment is equal to the first, and that one is love your neighbor as you, lo- as you love yourself, basically. Love your neighbor as yourself. The idea is, is you have to love yourself to love your neighbor. And what we want to talk about today is loving yourself, about seeing yourself the way that Jesus sees you, not through the eyes of Timmy in grade seven on the playground, what he said to you, not in the the things that were done to you, that the, the hurts that were inflicted on you, the wounds that were done upon you that have caused you to see people through these lenses. You are called to love people as you love yourself. And so to love yourself well means you have to understand the value and the love that God has for you. Do you understand that? If you don't understand how much God loves you, if you don't understand how much he cares for you, if you don't understand the thoughts that he has towards you, you will not be able to love other people well. And so when we started off, I said, if you don't understand this, you won't be able, we talked about marriage last week, and I said, you won't be able to love your spouse well, and you won't because you're filtering your love not through what you're receiving from God. Because listen, to give something away, you have to have received something. And so if you haven't received God's love for you, All you've received is hurt and wounds and shame and guilt from whatever you went through and whatever was done to you and maybe maybe whatever you did to somebody else and caused you to feel guilty. If that's all you have, then that's all you have to give away. And so we have to receive God's love and understand what his love towards us looks like so that we can walk in love towards our spouse. So that you can truly learn to love your kids. And so that you really can love your neighbor as you love yourself. But it starts with loving yourself. And that starts with receiving God's love for you. Are you picking up what I'm putting down? All right, let's look at this verse a little more together. So I want to talk to you about what the word love means. I want to talk to you about what the word neighbor means. So that we all understand and we're all on the same page. And there's no loophole here. So you can't say, oh, well, that word love means this. Or neighbor in the Greek is actually this word, and it means the person who lives in the house right beside you. No, we're going to look at these together so that when you go home today, you actually know what's being talked about and what Jesus is saying so that you can learn to love your neighbor and yourself. 
And remember, the whole time that we're looking at this stuff, God is wanting to free some of us from the things that we've had in our life that have defined who you are, that have defined how you love others. Because many of us aren't able to love others because of things that were done to us, said over us, said about us, and our love has been stunted and thwarted and it's perverted and not the love that it's supposed to be. And so we haven't received God's love to love others well. And so love is, in the Greek, this word love is this. It's agapal, okay? It's not agape, it's agapal. And that word means to regard with favor, goodwill, benevolence. The effects of benevolence are expressed as to wish well or do good to. To love one's neighbors and enemies. To love your neighbors and your enemies. Now listen, in the Bible we talk a lot about agape, which is unconditional love, right? If you've gone to church any amount of time in your life, you've probably heard someone talk about agape love and God's agape love for us. And that is an unconditional love. One scholar tells us that agapao is the verb of agape. So agape is the noun, which means that agape is the idea, it is the concept, it is the philosophy, whereas agapao is the working out, the action of agape love. So it's the working out of that unconditional love in your life to your neighbors, to your spouses, to your kids, to people you work with that you can't stand and you have to learn how to love them anyways. So agape is the noun and agapo is the verb. It's the action of unconditional love. Now let's look at what neighbors is. Just so you know, there's no loophole here. Right off the bat, it says this. Neighbor... It's plazion, and it's a fellow man. And then it says, any other member of the human family. <laughs> Sorry, there is no loophole in who you have to love. There's no room for you to say, well, when Jesus said that, what he was actually referring to, there's no room for that. It's literally, if someone is a human, please look around this room right now. Just take a look around. Do you see any non-humans in here? Some of you are like, well, maybe. <laughs> Literally every person in this room is your neighbor. Brittany from Wichita, Kansas, in America. <laughs> wow, that was a better response than the Ontario response. <laughs> the girls from Ontario... <laughs> are our neighbors. They're part of the human family. There's no loophole for you to say, I don't have to love you. There's no loophole for you to say, well, when Jesus was talking about loving your neighbors, what he was really talking about was your Christian brothers and sisters. You only have to love those in Christ. <laughs> no, Jesus was talking and he said, you have to love anybody in the human family. If they're alive and sucking oxygen, you get to love them. We get to. We get to. We get to. <laughs> yeah, there is grace to love people. 
that you got to step into sometimes. Because there will be people in your life that you deal with that will test your grace. And when that happens, you need to say, Lord Jesus, help me love this person well. And here's the thing. If you do not love yourself, if you don't understand God's love for you, then you will not value or think he loves anybody else. You may not say it out loud. You may not even put the pieces together in your own brain that that's what you're doing. But in reality, that is what you're doing because if you find no value in you, you will find no value in anyone else either. Because if you're trash, then everybody else must be trash too. Maybe they look shiny on the outside, but you say to yourself, they look good now, but I know there's something in there just like with me, and they're no better than me. So you've got to learn to love yourself so that you can turn around and give that love and the value that you've received from the Lord, and that's the key. Some of you are looking for value in the wrong places. You go to other people, you go to your job, you go to your career, you go to your friends, you go to your family, saying this person needs to value me. I'm gonna get my value from this. I'm gonna get my value from being a mom. I'm gonna get my value from being a husband or a wife. I'm gonna get my value from being a career professional. I'm gonna get my value from being really good at sports. I'm gonna get my value from this, that, or the other. When in reality, you need to get your value from the Lord. Because all of those other things at some point in some way will let you down. But if your value is based and found strictly in him, guess what? He's never going to fail you. He's never going to change his mind about you. You're never going to wake up one day and God's going to say, "Ah, uh, you know what? I think I was wrong about you. I want to talk to you for a while. We're not hanging out today. He's not going to stand you up at Starbucks. He's never, ever, ever going to change his mind about you. But you've got to believe deep down inside the way that he really feels about you. Because when you accept his love for you, then you truly can begin to walk out loving your neighbor as yourself because you will really finally, truly begin to love yourself. And it doesn't matter what happened to you in your past. It doesn't matter what lies were spoken over you. It doesn't matter those hurtful things that were said to you or done to you. They no longer have to define you because your definition will come from him. You picking it up? So I want to look at a few scriptures together to show you the measure of the value that God places on you. And as we read these together, my hope and my prayer is that as we look at these, that maybe there have been years of hurts, wounds, Lies that you have allowed into your heart that have formed part of who you believe yourself to be, that have formed how you protect yourself and guard parts of your heart so that you can't, nobody else is gonna get in there and you've closed that out. And in doing that, it has caused you to do that to other people as well. See, listen, you can't close off part of your heart and then continue to love freely. That's not what happens. If you close down this part of your heart, it's like closing down a part of a theme park, like closing down part of Disneyland. It's just closed to everybody, going in or going out. Nobody's getting in. 
And so you've got to have your heart reopened so that you can continue to allow God's love in and then allow God's love out. Many of us are loving people through the pain that we received. So we were hurt, we received pain from people, and instead of giving that to God, and instead of allowing God to repair that in us, we are loving people in that pain and through that pain, and we're giving that pain back to them. We got pain from this person, that's all I know, that's all I understand, and so I'm turning around and I'm giving that pain out to other people. You know the expression, hurt people hurt people. That should not be so of us. You're not gonna make it through life without getting hurt. Jesus himself said, in this world, you'll have trouble, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. And healed people can heal people. So just like hurt people can hurt people, healed people can heal people. And, and we've talked about this this weekend, girls, is that it hurts to heal. But if you will pay that price to heal, if you can go through the fire and quit trying to go around the fire because you can't escape it because God wants to bring total healing to you, that his love will be the anointing that you'll be able to help others with. And it's not you healing them, it's the love of God in you and through you to heal them. Amen? So I want to look at these scriptures together. And as we look at these, I want you to allow your spirit, your heart to be open to hear how God thinks, feels, and believes towards you. That whatever, whatever you had in your past, or maybe you're living in right now, that as we look at this together, that our thoughts and our hearts are aligned with the way that God sees you and feels about you and believes towards you and not whatever Bobby Sue said or thinks or feels about you. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, it says right off the bat, right off the bat, right from the get-go, he says that you were made in the image of God. I don't know. How much more you need to know than that? That God thinks you're so special? That his thoughts towards you are so great? That he said, I'm going to make man a woman, and I'm not going to make them in the image of a cat or a dog or a plesiosaur or a mushroom. I'm going to make them in my very own image. That's how great he thinks towards you. That's how valuable you are to him. That he said, of all the things, of all the things on this earth that he could have made you in the image of, he chose to fashion us after himself. That's what he thinks about you. John 3, 16, what does that say? We all know it. God loved you so much that he gave his only son. Do you have any onlys in your life? Any one and onlys? doesn't have to be like a son. I mean, like, do you have, like, anything in your life that's like, this is my one and only something? Beans? Beans, okay, beans. I have, I have, uh, I'm not wearing it today, but I have a, a dog tag from my grandpa from World War II. It's my one and only dog tag. It's special to me, but it's a trinket. I'm sure if you stopped and thought about it for a minute, many of us have 
one and onlys in our life, where this is my one and only whatever, and it is special to me. I don't want to give it away. I don't want to share it. I don't want to let you borrow it, because if you break it or lose it, then I'm not going to have it anymore, and so I want to hang on to this. But God loved us so much. Listen, we talk about this scripture all the time. In fact, maybe so much so that we're glossing over it and just think, oh, that's just, everybody knows that verse. That's the Jesus loves me verse. But you need to stop and think about for just a moment that what it's saying is, is that God was so valuable or that that you were so valuable, that David Jones was so valuable that God took his one and only son, Jesus Christ, and went down to earth and Jesus went to the cross and laid his life down so that David Jones, his life could be reconciled back into right relationship with God. That's how special you are to God. He likes you a lot. You are special to him. He cares about you. We live in a day and an age of comparison. And Paul said, when you compare yourself amongst yourself, you're unwise. We need to stop looking at other people and comparing and getting our value from them and begin to find ourselves in here and see what God says about us and look at that and and derive our value from what we find in here. We serve a God who loves us all so much that he sent his one and only down to die for us. Romans chapter five, verse eight says that basically while we were still sinners, Christ died for us in the hope, basically, that our lives will be reconciled with him. That's how much he cares for you. That while you were still walking in sin, when you didn't know any better, when you were far away from him, he loved you so much that Christ died for us. I want you to go with me to Psalm 139. We're gonna look at this passage together. We're gonna wrap up in a minute here. I hope that as we are talking about these things, that you are hearing the Spirit of God speak to you. And maybe there are lies about yourself that you filter every other love through. And I know that today the Spirit of God is wanting to shatter those filters. The Spirit of God is wanting to take those things from your past and get rid of them once and for all. And for many of us to begin to see ourselves and to love ourselves the way that He loves us. How terrible is it? I'm sure many of you have experienced this when you love someone and for whatever reason, they can't receive your love. They're unsure of it. They don't feel like, it's their, they don't feel like they're worth it. They don't feel like they're valuable enough. Has anybody ever, do you know what I'm talking about? When you try and love someone, they're like, I can't receive this. I don't, I don't feel like I deserve your love. You know what I'm talking about? What do you think God feels like in heaven where he paid such a great price for us But many of us don't look and say, I don't feel like I deserve this love. I've made so many mistakes. I'm this, I'm that, I'm some other thing. 
I don't feel like I can walk in this love. I don't feel like I can receive his love. And all God wants is for you to receive the love that he has for you so that you can in turn turn around and give it away so that his love is shed abroad in your heart. And then you just get to turn around and walk around with big old goofy grins on your face, giving that love away to everybody else. Psalm 139, verse 13 to 18 is what we're going to read. It says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion and as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born and every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day passed. How precious are your thoughts about me. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. This passage of scripture is talking about how the Lord feels about you. Talk about somebody who cares about somebody else. I was telling people in the first service that my dad lives in Victoria and he had a a guy, he always buys watches and he doesn't buy like Apple watches or like digital watches. He buys like watch watches, like watches that need somebody to pay attention to them and take care of them and repair them. And when he moved to to Victoria, he would send me his watches because he had found a watch repair guy here in Abbotsford. His name was Yanish. No, Yanish. We've had many conversations about his name. He's Polish and um, very European. I remember the first time that I went into this guy's shop to take my dad's watch in, it was very serious. It wasn't like going to the jewelry counter at the bay asking to replace a watch battery. Like, hey, can you change this? Sure, no problem. See you in 10 minutes. This guy, I walked in to his, his storefront, and there was watches everywhere. There was precision tools everywhere, tiny, tiny, tiny screwdrivers all over the place, precisely organized, laid out exactly where he knew where they were, were, were at so that when he needed to use them, he would. I took him my dad's watch, and he got one of those. He wore, um, like, uh, uh, you know, like those, you see pictures of people playing poker, and they wear those visors. Well, he wore, like, a visor, but then it wasn't, like, a poker visor because that would have been weird, and I would have left right away. This guy's a joker. It was uh, a visor, but then it what came down was like a magnifying glass. He looked like a mad professor or a crazy inventor or something. And he pulled this thing down so that he could look into the inside of the watch. And he just began to take the whole thing apart. And you could see the inner workings of the watch. And this guy was deep inside, pulling it apart with his precise tools. And even as, as I talked to this guy, I found out he wasn't just like Joe Blow watch mechanic. This guy was a master watchmaker. Like that was his title. I am a master watchmaker. I can make clocks from scratch. I know what I'm doing. Give me a few pieces of material and I will build you a clock. I was impressed. Clearly more impressed than all of you are at this moment in time. (laughs) 
We're going to go on a field trip. Everybody get up. We're going to go meet this guy right now. I'm telling you that because even in all of this man's amazing skill and talent, he was but a shadow compared to God when he created you. When it talks about he knit you together, he stitched your delicate inner, innermost parts together, it gives a picture and an image of God laboring over you and caring so much for you that he pulled down his little magnifying glass and went to work. And he began to pull out his special tools. These are the tools that I have for Jacob. These tools, in fact, I believe that God's tools, he's so in tune and so much cares for each and every one of us that he has special tools made for each person. He's like, here's my Jacob tools, and I'm going to go to work on Jacob and he puts down his little magnifying glass and he begins to put Jacob together and he's there as Jacob is being built and put together and he's watching and he's watching over it talks about how God was there watching when when we were being formed in utter seclusion it gives us idea of God hovering and brooding over that which is being built and waiting I can't wait to see how this turns out this is how God loves you this is how God thinks towards you. This is how much he cares for you. You're not just some random number. You're not just some person that was born and God doesn't even know about it. God's not up in heaven saying, oh yeah, I started the whole baby thing in Genesis chapter one when I told those people to be fruitful, multiply, and I said, go have lots of sex and go make babies, and then I forgot about it from then. God is up in heaven caring about you. He's thinking about you. He put Dave Armstrong together. He built Dave Armstrong 1.0. This is what I want him to look like. This is what I'm going to put inside of him. He cares. And we have to know that. We have to believe that. We have to receive that so that we can walk in love ourselves. And as you receive God's love and care and value for you, then you can turn around and give it away to other people. Love your neighbor as yourself. But you've got to love yourself so you can love your neighbor. Many of us do love our neighbors right now as we love ourselves. The problem is we don't love ourselves very well. And so our neighbors are getting the same love that we have for ourselves. They're getting that same very thing. But what they need more than anything is not our broken, hurt version of love. They need our repaired, restored version of God's love for us. What's your neighbor? And when I say neighbor, I'm talking about the definition that says anybody who's part of the human family. What your neighbor needs is God's healing power of love in their life. I want you to close your eyes with me, and I want to pray for you, but before I pray for you, I want some of you to be bold this morning. And with all of our eyes closed, I'm going to pray in a moment. But here's what I want you to do. If you're in this place and you have not valued yourself the way that God values you, if you have not received God's love for you, if you don't understand how God loves you, if you have filtered your love through all of the hurts and the wounds of your past from the words that have been spoken over you that cause you to cry yourself at sleep at nighttime 
and you say today, I don't want those things in my life anymore, and you say today, I want to begin to define myself by how God sees me, and you say today, I want to love myself the way the Lord loves me, and you say today, I want to value myself the way that God values me, then I just want you to raise your hand up, and I'm going to pray for you. And I I told you at the beginning, I'm going to give you a minute to put your hands up, but I truly believe this is a day where God is wanting to set people free, but it takes an act of obedience at times. Nobody's got their eyes open. Nobody's looking around. It's just me looking to see who I'm praying for. But if you're here and you say, I, I, I'm tired of having ill-defined love and I need to receive God's love from me so that I can love others well, now is your chance. Now is your chance to put away the hurts and wounds of the past and to begin to love yourself the way God loves you and to receive his love. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for all these people with their hands raised. God, I ask right now in the name of Jesus that you are giving us fresh revelation and understanding of your love. God, I ask that you are removing the filters, the hurts, and the wounds from the past, that you are taking away those things, those lies that were spoken over us, those hurts that were done upon us. Father, those things that came into our life that are not from you, the things that came from the enemy, God, I ask right now that you begin to root those things out and you begin to repair and restore the broken areas of our heart with your love. Father, I thank you that right now that by your spirit, you are supernaturally repairing and restoring the lies of the enemy. And I ask in Jesus' name that you are filling our hearts to overflowing with your love. That there is a tangible sense and a presence and a knowing of your love that you have for us. Father, we thank you right now that we receive your love. I want you to say this after me. If you put your hand up or even if you didn't put your hand up, I want you to say this. Father, I receive your love. Help me to see. Help me to believe. And help me to think about myself the way that you do. Open my eyes to your thoughts about me. Help me to feel the love that you have towards me and help me to love my neighbor as I love myself. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, come on. Let's have the worship team come on up here. You know, I just heard the Lord saying this over some of us, if not many of us in the room, is that your life is too valuable. You're calling too precious not to be healed. I say that again. Your life is too valuable. You're calling too precious not to be healed. And I was thinking about the scripture out of Jeremiah 17, and he said this. He said, heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. 
Save me, and I shall be saved, for you are my praise. There comes a point in life in moments like today that I believe is a divine appointment for many of us to be healed today. It's like God has arrested us, captive audience, with the Holy Spirit and saying, today is your day for healing. Someone said years ago, he said, um, God said it, that settles it, and I believe it. There's moments in our life that we just have to read scriptures like this. We're not going to feel it, but we just have to say, okay, Lord, heal me, Lord, and I shall be healed. And we lift up our hands in faith and we say, I shall be healed healed in the name of Jesus because there is a fiery presence in the house this morning of the Holy Spirit and we were talking about this this week because for one of the girls Jess I got the word cauterized over her and I looked up the word cauterized and what it meant and what it meant was was to he to heal a wound by fire to stop the infection There is a fire, I'm sure you sensed it in worship today, and we sensed it in the nine o'clock service too, is I think the Lord is just not done healing some people. So if you lifted up your hands and everyone just close your eyes, because you know, some of this, it's just very, it's very vulnerable to be in these moments. I know what this is like. You guys, you've heard me share uh, some of my story of that night in Calgary at midnight when I just collapsed on the floor and I said, Jesus, I'm so broken. Would you come and fix me? And that night he came in with his word and he said, I will rebuild you, Jenny, and you will be rebuilt. At that moment, I had to lift up my hands to my Savior, to my Jesus, the one that created me and said, okay, Lord, I believe you. But there was a process to the promise of God. And that healing is a journey, and it's scary, and it's painful. But you know what's more painful? Never being healed. I don't want to live with pus and infection in my life and being rendered ineffective. That God has called you into this kingdom for such a time as this, and to give that healing away. So if you lifted up your hands before, and, and just as we sit here as a congregation, as a church family, as the body of Christ, just lift up your hands again. Nobody's looking around the room. And just say, heal me, Father. Heal me, Jesus. And I will be healed. Say, fire of the Holy Spirit. Would you cauterize this wound in me? Would you even go to the deep places and spaces inside of me that I might not even be aware of? And would you heal me, Father? spirit, soul, and body. There's a scripture in Malachi, Malachi. It says, to you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in his wings. And that word healing in the Hebrew means marpe. It means the complete healing of a person. You see, a counselor can help you. A doctor might be able to help you, but only Jesus Christ knows everything that you need. He is the absolute in total healer. And I believe that this word from Pastor Jake this morning was a divine word, that you had a divine appointment with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's stand up together and let's take a moment and let's just begin to worship the Lord. As the worship team begins to worship, let's just take a moment and worship God. And for those of you who said, I want to receive God's love fresh and new. Just take that moment and just posture yourself in such a way. You know, sometimes we get so busy like following all like the church, the churchy rules. Like we sing a song and everybody sings along. But I'm going to give you like a tip. Sometimes don't sing. 
sometimes there are multiple times during every time we gather where I just shut up and I just quiet myself and I just listen to the Spirit of God. And I just listen to see if He wants to say something to me. Because two people can't talk at the same time really well. And so let's just take a moment together and these guys are going to begin to worship God. And let's just worship for just a moment together. And if you raise your hand, you're like, I need to receive God's love fresh in my heart. I need some things from my past removed so that I can love others well. Then let's just take that moment. And as we're worshiping, just close your eyes and close your mouth and just receive from God. You understand? All right, let's, let's take this. Let's do this. Come on, let's sing together. I am chosen, now I'm forsaken. I am who you say. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope you are drawn closer to Jesus and that his spirit, his love, and his life are filling you right now. If you'd like more info about who we are and what we're doing at Hope City, head over to hopecitychurch.ca to find out more. And if you liked what you heard, head over to iTunes and rate the podcast to spread the word so others can hear too. And oh, one more thing before we go. We just want to remind you that you were made for hope.